Welcome to tonight's episode of the Remso Martinez Experience. Before we get started, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to some of this episode's sponsors. From self-publishing to podcasting and passive income development, I offer ongoing self-development courses at Champion Pundit Academy, as well as one-on-one private consultations to take you from zero to hero in no time. Learn more at championpunditacademy.com. That's championpunditacademy.com. You want to know what you need more of in your life? Politics. Yeah, nobody ever said that. But if you've got to go ahead and spend money on one nonfiction book, it's got to be the ultimate clash of wisdom, awesomeness, and then obviously the politics. But why not a little bit of comedy? Why not a little bit of a memoir? Why not something that's going to make you say, hey, I actually enjoyed reading this. I laughed. I learned something in the process. Check out my book. It's an Amazon bestseller. You may have heard of it. It's Stay Away from the Libertarians. It talks about all the things you think you might know about libertarians, plus a lot of things that I bet dollars to donuts you don't know about. You can get it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble online. So go on right now. You can get it in print or ebook or Kindle or whatever you call it. Just go out and get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble online today. It's Stay Away from the Libertarians by Remso W. Martinez. Happens to be me. If you're like me, you might spend uh, a good chunk of your weekends watching those BuzzFeed uh, Worth It Winner videos where they compare like the $5 bunches of french fries to like the $100 buckets of french fries or the $5 ramen shop to the $100 ramen shop or what happens when you get uh, a couple of ex-lovers together and they ask each other questions. If they don't want to answer a question, they, uh, they have a shot. BuzzFeed is really good at that type of stuff. I love their content. BuzzFeed News, on the other hand, uh, oh, you know, they're, they're kind of, how do I say, they're, they're kind of lacking in the news department. It's one thing to blame a bad article. It's one thing to blame, uh, you know, an editorial slip. It's another thing to just have a track record of not necessarily putting out your best. And um, I'm coming to you. You're getting three episodes a couple days in a row. So why the change? Why not? Why not? Like, seriously, why, why not just do this whenever we want? The whole purpose of this show is to just go ahead and, you know, light fire to the brush fires of the minds. Go ahead and have some fun in the process. So why not do a show as often as I can? I already give you one a week. If you get more than one a week, well, then, hey. You and I are both winning. Let's go ahead and talk about this. Uh, We're within the, I think it was like, I don't know what, it's like day 15, day 16 of the government shutdown. And, uh, you know, apparently the world is ending. I I love it whenever Trump does something because then you have Senate congressional Democrats that go ahead and say, if the government, if the Republicans do this, people will die. Well, BuzzFeed, they're they're really grasping to... uh, validate that in the process two things occur 
And I'll explain this in a little bit. In the process of BuzzFeed trying to say that the government shutdown is literally killing people, they have done two things. One, they have shown that they're not necessarily as much of a news organization as much as they are as an editorial board. And I'll, I'll clarify that in a second. Secondly, BuzzFeed does something that you don't want to do. If you're going to make up something, at least make up something that's a little bit hard for other people to disprove. Don't juxtapose and disprove yourself. Let's go ahead and explain this. Um, this is not an op-ed. It's not an editorial piece. It's a, quote, fact-based article from a BuzzFeed reporter, Claudia Rosenbaum. Came out this uh, this past Friday. Let's go ahead and I'll uh, I'll skim through this article, but I'll include the link in the show notes. It's four people have and this is the title. Four people have died in national parks since the start of the government shutdown. At least three of these deaths were accidental, but it was unclear if the government shutdown played a role in response efforts. So let's go ahead and look at that. You're just in the title alone. You're tying four deaths. So four people who have died to national parks. National parks are overseen by Department of Interior, the Fe- Interior, the federal government. And then what? What's the closer? Why did they die in federally protected national parks? The closure, the government shutdown. And she does try and clarify in her uh, subtitle at least three of the deaths were accidental. So three out of the four near, okay, before we even read this, we think, oh, was one intentional? What happened? Oh, how did this occur? Uh, but it was unclear if the government shutdown played a role in the in response efforts. So, well, that, that seems kind of strange. Why would she include that? I mean, at least the title makes it seem like something crazy is happening. But you've just said that three were accidents. I mean, accidents happen on a pretty daily basis. But now you're not even wondering if what you claim is the culprit in your title is actually that. So let's go ahead and look at the actual body of the article. And if you want to read this yourself, I'll go ahead and include it in the show notes. Four people have died at national parks around the country, officials said Friday, amid a partial government shutdown that has reduced resources and staffing despite thousands of people continuing to visit the scenic open spaces. Oh, no. You're telling me that the government has not caged off the national parks? <gasps> Thousands will die. <laughs> oh, no. Or, oh, yes. Maybe this is what the Republicans wanted. For thousands to go visit these federally protected national parks. <laughs> and that way terrible, evil things will happen. Said no one ever. I continue, on Christmas Eve, a 14-year-old girl fell to her death at the iconic Horseshoe Bend Overlook at Glen Canyon National Recreation Area in Arizona. Yeah, I uh, I know Glen Canyon National Recreation Area in Arizona because I, I used to live in Arizona. I was born in Arizona. People there fall and die pretty regularly. Just Google it. It happens. I can, uh, the article continues. Then on Christmas Day, a man died at Yosemite National Park after sustaining head injuries while on a water slick granite slope known as the Silver Apron. So right just there, immediately within the second paragraph, two people died accidentally. One at a place where I can confirm people die pretty regularly because of falling down and stuff like that. Another guy slipped on a water slick granite slope. 
Let's continue. Third paragraph. Two days later, a woman died after being hit by a falling tree at Great Smoky Mountains National Park. So the first two were accidents. Third one, freak act of nature. The uncontrollable forces of the world. You don't know if you're going to get struck by lightning. You don't know if you're going to get hit by a tree or squished by a boulder. But this woman was hit by a falling tree at Great Smoky Mountains National Park. So two accidents, one just freak incident. Okay, so we've got the three. I continue. On on that same day, a woman's body was found after she'd gone missing from the Delaware Water Gap National Recreational Area in Pennsylvania on December 23rd, the day after the shutdown began. So just right there, the day after the shutdown, a woman died, but first she went missing. So wait a second. That's the fourth person who no one really knows why she died, they're investigating it, died the day after the shutdown began. What was the article title? Four people have died in national parks since the start of the government shutdown. So right there, she just juxtaposed herself because technically only one person has died since the start of the government shutdown. How dare you say that? You're fake news. Do do you want people to die at the national parks? Yeah. I mean, only one person has died since the shutdown. That's not four people. That's one person. Um, That's still being investigated as to why she died. So let's go ahead and continue. uh, Okay. At least three of the deaths appear to be accidents. So she's continuing after very clearly stating that those three deaths occurred before and were accidents. Okay, let's continue. But officials couldn't say whether fewer resources may have played a factor in emergency response efforts. Why is she continuing? Why is she continuing? She just said that these three deaths happened before the shutdown. So that was before anything was cut and people were sent home. Article continues, um, unlike previous government shutdowns, when officials in the Interior Department elected to close the parks to protect natural resources and public safety, the Trump administration has decided to keep the facilities open. A quick question. When you go to national parks, how often do you ever see anyone there? Like anyone actually working? Like I'm in Virginia. We've got quite a few beautiful national parks here. And like I never see any type of employee there. I never see a marshal. I never see a trooper, whatever they're called. I don't see anyone there. So these mystery forces that are apparently protecting me, like God's arms covering me as the hymns go, like that's just like I don't don't really see what's going on. Uh, Where was I? While the parks continue to see thousands of visitors each day, The thousands, the thousands that are going to die because of the shutdown. (laughs) Uh, They are running with reduced staff as operations like trash removal and restroom facilities remain closed. So, okay. How are are the facilities and the restrooms and the trash removal people resulting in people dying? Because three people who died before the shutdown 
died in freak accidents and a fourth person just, I mean, hundreds of maybe even a couple thousand people go missing in national forests every day, wind up dead. I don't understand what that has to do with concessions and stuff being closed. And where did I leave off? Oh, perfect. Concessions at most places have remained open. So you might not be able to use a porta potty and there might be some litter around, but you could still go buy yourself a Coke. Mm, okay. But the number of rangers working the vast parks have reportedly been reduced. Okay, so that was so this these claims, what she's saying about the reduced staff happened after the shutdown. But wait a second, people were dying before the shutdown. And this full staff were there. Okay. Asked about staff reductions at Yosemite, Andrew Munoz, the acting chief chief of Congressional and Public Affairs, told BuzzFeed News his office lacked the resources to compile those numbers. However, he pointed to regulations that state parks may not use the presence of visitors to justify higher-than-approved staff ratings. Emergency responders, including fire, EMS, and law enforcement personnel not required for essential activities, may also be called back to duty if an emergency situation arises, which is like everything else. In the Yosemite death, Muno said park rangers were on the scene in less than an hour. Officials on Friday said after the death was made public that the John Muir and Mist Trails to Vernal and Nevada Falls, as well as the Tula, Tula, I can't pronounce it, and Mercedes Grove will be closed beginning January 5th for safety and human waste reasons. So let's see, someone died and was found. The cops and emergency responders still showed up after the government shutdown. And they went ahead and closed off the trails for safety and human waste reasons. So, oh, and they said they were there in less than an hour. Okay, I mean, that, yeah, all right. And that, I'm sorry, that was, that was before the shutdown. Let me clarify that one. That This is the Yosemite death. That was it. Um, continuing, the body of the teenager who fell 700 feet to her death at Horseshoe Bend couldn't be recovered until Christmas morning because nighttime conditions made the operation too dangerous. So you're telling me that even then, before the shutdown, that teenager who fell 700 feet before the shutdown, they couldn't go and do it. Uh, the woman who died at Great Smoky Mountains National Park likely died instantly due to the crushing force of the large tree, her husband said. Okay, so the rest of this, you can go ahead and read it. But long story short, all this stuff happened before the government shut down. The only thing that happened after that was the body that they found after the woman w went missing. And they don't know whether it was suicide or murder. But the body, I mean, she probably went into the park before the government shut down. They happened to find her after the government shut down. So they're complaining about all these things, but none of it whatsoever is actually linked to the government shutdown. So she juxtaposes herself constantly throughout the article from the inception of it, right in the title to the subtitle, to the outright content, body content of the article, the government shut, shut down is not responsible for four people having died in national parks. Now, that's just what we gather from there. How does BuzzFeed not make this any better? Let's think about it. What, what would the mind of people saying that this is the worst thing ever say? Oh, but the, sh the shutdown, the force of nature, the mother nature, the, you know, the, the federal government shutting down has angered Mother Earth. Therefore, people will die.
because God knows people aren't dying in national parks before that. Well, Rentha, what, what, what evidence do you have? Well, thank you for, thank you for asking. I actually do have the evidence right here. Provide by BuzzFeed at the bottom of the article. They have links to other articles about park deaths, one of which was published October 25th by who? Claudia Rosenbaum. What is the article title? Two bodies recovered after apparently falling from a huge cliff in Yosemite National Park. Hmm. I'm pretty sure the federal government was open in October. What else? Oh, December 27th, 2018. It's that uh, article of the girl falling 700 feet. Okay, here's another one. Uh, September 6, 2018, the government was open then. An 18-year-old Israeli tourist fell to his death in Yosemite while taking a selfie at a waterfall. Pretty sure that the government was open then, but, you know, my narrative, my echo chamber. This is sad. This is, this is like, I've seen a lot of fake news. I've seen a lot of bad reporting. I've seen some editorial slip-ups. One of the reasons why I had to really bring this out there was because I just wanted to show you, like, actually, I think this might be the most fraudulent, poorly done article I have ever seen. This is the biggest case of crappy reporting I think I have ever seen only because it juxtaposes and contradicts itself in so many ways from the title to the recommended articles and everything in between. This is bad, but you're going to go ahead and because you're listening to my show, I think you're one of the smartest people on earth. You're going to go ahead and encounter people that are saying, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. No one died. And then you're going to bring up those articles and they're going to be like, well, can you show me some statistics? Then you're going to say yes, because what Remso did after reading this dumpster fire of an article was he went on this beautiful thing called the Internet. And within five seconds, he Googled how many people die at national parks per year. And I found this. It's by The Washington Post, obviously not what I would consider a bastion of right-wing conservative conspiracies. But here you go. This is actually a pretty good article. It's the most detailed one I found, but just for disclaimer purposes, and I will also put this article link in the show notes, it was published in August 2015. So obviously we've had a little bit of time since this was published. But uh, let's talk about this. The article title by Christopher Ingram is uh, Forget Bears – Here's what's really here's what really kills people at national parks. Now, who was president in August 2015? Okay, that was Obama. So, just for full context, this is a liberal publication. We're gonna assume that the reporter is also a liberal, written during during a Democrat president's administration. And uh, let's see what he said. Last Tuesday, a pair of French hikers died of heat heat exhaustion in White Sands National Monument after setting out on a day hike without enough water. Three days later, a hiker was killed by a grizzly bear in Yellowstone. There's going to be a liberal you tell this to, and they're going to be like, but maybe there was, maybe there was a government shutdown when that happened. Nope. Not in August 2015. Nope, government was functioning perfect under President Barack Obama. 
We continue. These incidents are unspeakable tragedies for the people and families involved. But the fact that they make national news underscores a key point. A nation's national parks are an incredibly safe place to visit. The National Park Service maintains internal records of annual fatalities at the parks. So please go ahead and you can go to the National Park Service or Department of Interior and you could probably find more current numbers. But that's just what I found in this article. Um, here are the important things to know. And he goes ahead and he actually shows a, shows a graph of fatalities at national parks, excluding suicides from, 20, from 2005 to 2014. So this excludes suicides, but it encounters all fatalities otherwise at our nation's national parks. So let's see. In 2005, we're looking at 140-plus. Uh, it dipped in 2006. We had around 90 or so. They don't put the exact numbers. It's a bar graph. You can go ahead and look at it yourself. Let me see. You had uh, about 140 in 2009, 140 in 2010, dipped a little bit in 2011, 120, 130 in 2012, another 130 in 2013. In 2014, it was like probably around 145. So, okay. But he continues. The odds of it, of it happening are really, really low. So if we were to compare that to what we saw in the previous BuzzFeed News articles, if you really take into consideration only one person has died from what we know of, just from that alone, only one person died thus far. And it's only like the second week of January in a national park in the United States. And we don't know whether it was suicide or whether it was murder or natural circumstances. So if it's suicide, it will be excluded from this type of report. Somewhere, uh, it continues, somewhere between 120 and 140 people typically die at national parks each year. So regardless as to staff, regardless as to whether or not the federal government is shut down, according to this guy, somewhere between 120 and 140 people typically die at national parks each year, not counting suicides. So this does not count suicides. According to numbers maintained by National Park Service, that may sound like a lot, but consider that roughly 280 million people visit the parks each year. That means if you go to a national park, your odds of dying are roughly one in two million. For comparison, and this is hilarious, that's similar to the likelihood that you'll die of Ebola at some point in your life. I know people. I know. I know. Actually. Off the top of my head, some, several people who have died, you know, at national parks. I know several people who have drowned in uh, in pools and ravines. Um, I have a friend in Australia. This he was in Australia, and uh, he was a motocross fanatic, and he was at one of their uh, national parks out in Queensland, where you can actually take your bike and your ATVs and four wheelers, and you could do whatever you want and um he he did a trick incorrectly and long story short he was flown off his bike and uh he snapped his neck and he died almost as soon as he hit the ground i mean he was he was all, he was basically dead in the air at that point that that happened I have another friend from australia ironically who came to the united states uh she was an avid rock climber 
Alley Katz, beautiful soul, beautiful woman. And uh, I don't know the details. I honestly, I don't want to know the details, but I do know that she died while rock climbing. She was an expert. But just like that woman who was crushed by a tree and the guy that slipped on the slippery slope, things happen. Things happen. Uh, okay, he continues. If you do die, this is in regards to a national park, it will probably probably won't be from something you'd expect. So what would you expect? Like bears, hunters, because the hunters, obviously, obviously the hunters from so. Ugh. Causes of death at national parks from 2003 to 2007. The leading causes of death were drowning, vehicular accidents. That includes cars, buses, boats, bikes, airplanes, and other mechanical modes of transportation, they mention. Falling, suicide. And just remember, and this looks like around like 100, 125 people between 2003 and 2007 died from suicide. Remember, in the previous chart I mentioned, they don't even count suicide in terms of national park fatalities. And then number five, unspecified other. But if you want to go into like the less than 20 or so people that die, it's from pre-existing medical conditions, heat exposure, cold exposure, and at the very, very bottom of this, wildlife. So, I mean, there you go. This is, this is sad. I was able to find that article literally within like five minutes of finishing the BuzzFeed article. But this just goes to show you something really embarrassing. Like, I, I, and this is coming from someone that's a Vice News defendant. Like, I actually really do like Vice News. Like, it's funny if you if you look at Vice News on like Facebook, for example, you'd think that all they do are publish anti-Trump articles. But you know, if you go on Vice's YouTube, where I think they do like ninety nine percent of their real journalism, they're covering conflict zones and human trafficking. Like they're covering real stuff. Like Vice News does some of the best original journalism and investigative uh, reporting. I've you know, I think in the in the country and maybe even the world. I mean, Vice News is great on that. I've read some good BuzzFeed news op eds, but those were op eds. Like I expect their opinion and they're interesting. And people have done their homework. This is coming from a reporter. And what's sad is that her editor still put out this article. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. It, it, I mean, there's ve- there's very there's very little news in our news, and many reporters are just bloggers. Charlie LaDuff is, I think, the spiritual successor to uh, Hunter S. Thompson, and. He was doing an interview with NPR when he was promoting his book, Detroit, An American Autopsy, and the interviewer called him a journalist, and Leduff corrected him on the spot, and he said, um, I'm not a journalist. The diff- I'm, a, I'm a reporter. The difference between a journalist and a reporter is a reporter doesn't need to look where they type, and he goes on. He basically insinuates that journalists never get, get out of their office to go cover a story, and um, – you know, I was reading another piece recently where someone was talking about how Laura Loomer was banned from Patre- from uh, PayPal and Patreon, and you know they say they she's a quote independent journalist. I mean, Laura Loomer she she is a she is a journalist. You might not like her or not, but she's a journalist. She does a lot of investigative reporting. 
I've interviewed her before. She knows a lot of her stuff, and she covers stories that a lot of people don't. And she fo- and she follows and digs up breaking news before it's breaking news by anyone that's actually paid to dig up news. It's really sad. But because she doesn't have big corporate backing behind her, because she doesn't have an army of lawyers, she can't really do that. So people are, people are saying, oh, you have to be a full-time journalist but, and you have to have a full set of press credentials behind you to be legitimate. What we just saw was that in that article, and I've looked at her other stuff, uh, Claudia Rosenbaum, like this is an example of someone who's kind of sucks at reporting. And I don't know her background. She may have gone to uh, you know journalism school. Like she might, like she might have done an internship. But what what is that? People have said that about me. I, I on my own have gotten press credentials for myself to cover events as a freelance journalist, as an independent investigative reporter. Like I have, and people have approved me, and I've broken stories, and I've covered stories. I've I've very rarely had any backing in what I do. I'm still a journalist. I don't have an army of lawyers behind me. I don't have big corporate backing. But I know how to go find a story and figure out what's actually coming out of it. When people ask for examples of fake news, especially in times where they're trying to exaggerate something for partisan purposes, go ahead and do me a favor. Go ahead and dig up this episode. Dig up the links. Use the arguments, take exactly what I say verbatim, and just throw it in their direction. Just just see, just see, please, what happens. Because this is one of those situations where you could break down, break, do what, do what I did at the very beginning of that BuzzFeed News article. Break down from the title to the subtitle to the body content to the very bottom where they're recommending pieces that were published before the, su- the, the shutdown – One of them, one of the three recommendations published by the same reporter that tried to link the government shutdown to the deaths and see how they try and justify that. Because if they're trying to pull some mental gymnastics and they pull out something which is just absolutely ridiculous, that's when you know you got to just leave the conversation because some people, you just can't. You just can't do it. Yeah. And for conservatives, very... You know, very, very few that I've encountered recently when they talk about the fake news and everything else, they can't actually, you know, they, they bring up some peripheral examples, um, you know, like ignoring something, like ignoring Hillary's emails and stuff like that, and ignoring what the Russian collusion really was, which was that somebody uncovered that the Democrats at the national level had rigged the election for Hillary Clinton against Bernie Sanders. Um, You could just go ahead and just be like, well, you know, this was small, but this is a big example of some bad reporting and some obviously biased editors at what, let's face it, BuzzFeed is not a conservative right-wing member of the grand right-wing conspiracy. That's all I have for tonight. Uh, we'll see if we do an episode tomorrow. Who knows? Hey, do me a favor. Follow me on Twitter at Remso4, V-A-R-E-M-S-O-F-O-R-V-A. Follow me on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram, Minds, Gab, Facebook, wherever you can. Find me and check out everything else you've got going on at rwmartinez.com. Special shout out to our friends at Anchor.fm. Love what you're doing. Thanks for helping out the show. And uh, I'll talk to you next time, folks. Take care.